0: What's up, guys, and welcome back to Paint Bravely, the podcast where you can find a little bit of encouragement, discover new ways to make your hobby more fun, and most importantly, learn to paint bravely. Now, today we have kind of a grab bag of topics. We've got some Gen Con conversation, some lighting conversation, some new models, sub assemblies, all sorts of cool stuff. So let's get right into it. And uh, Brent, what have you been up to since the last time we talked?
1: Wow, great intro, Casey. I have been painting Chaos Warriors and Chaos Knights, which is really what I probably said last time we talked, and I think this is going to continue <laughs> on for many, many weeks into the future here. But yeah. yeah, I'm just really committed to finally getting a full Warhammer army painted. I've got my color scheme. Unfortunately, it's kind of a slow color scheme, uh, especially the units mm-hmm. I've been working on. But, yeah, it turns out it takes me... Yeah, several hours per model at this point, which which adds up. Not, not, not a bad thing. It is what it is, but it yeah. adds up. Yeah, it does. So most recently I've been working on Chaos Knights, and I've got a couple of generations of these figures going. And the older generation, you had the option of either sticking the rider down to the horsey or doing them separately and then trying to, you know, paint them up separately and sticking them together at the end whereas the newer generation of Chaos Knights that came out last year it assembles in a really weird way. It's, you know, that new type of model <laughs> where yeah, bit number 57 is left shoulder, right hip, part of the shield and a foot mm-hmm. and a stirrup and also part of the horse. It's
0: amazing how they cut those things out.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get some really cool models out of them, but in terms of customization or even just leave the rider off until you're done painted, done painting mm-hmm. the rider and the horse, um, that's not an option. So right. for for the newer models, I definitely have to just, the rider is on the horse, there is no question about that. There's no sub-assembly. That's how it's getting painted. And for the older generation, I did have that choice, but I made the call. I said, I'm not gonna bother with you know trying to knock it super glue on my paint job at the end. I'm just going to glue them down now. I will have the the same assembly line in terms of uh, you know painting for all of these. And so yeah, I have 15 knights with their their butts are sitting on their saddles and trying to paint their saddles is hard because there's also their shields and their capes in the way and their reins and their straps. Mm-hmm. and the, You got horse flesh, you got barding, you got horse armor, you got, you got straps and reins and you got your, your girdles and bridles and uh, bits, you, you know, horse terms.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Man, I've, I've been corrected a lot. On horse terms, I mean even I think in this podcast, remember we talked about uh those ceramic horses, and I'm pretty sure we got corrected on horse terms,
1: yeah, I don't think they're ceramic, <laughs> but uh briar horses uh don't yeah, don't they, add they, they us shouldn't be uh, just saying we'll learn we'll learn okay, we're not gonna we'll learn. <laughs>
0: gonna happen again (laughs) i think it's because i yeah
1: i'm remembering now it's coming back to me i was trying to name types of horses and i got about two in before i had to just say zebra (laughs) because i couldn't think of any yeah
0: (laughs) zebra uh memories (laughs) that was like episode two Jeez. yeah and we're we're coming pretty close up on a whole year which is incredible
1: hey happy birthday casey
0: right it doesn't seem like it but here we are (laughs) we're still we're still trying we're we'll get better (laughs) it'll happen
1: (laughs) i yeah have faith you know just keep listening for another year and if you still don't like it maybe around the third year you can turn us off but stay with us for now that's all we ask listen to us for one two more years (laughs) until we either get much better or much much worse
0: i mean it's true you you can go both ways
1: the future is uncertain
0: yeah um yeah like the the new models the way they are having them so so is it like you have the torso off though no or they aren't fully assembled no everything you're just trying to reach in there with a brush
1: yeah i'm trying to remember exactly of course In between all of the different models within the same set, like, the box has five Mm -hmm. Chaos Knights in it, and none of them go together the same way, but certainly for none of them can you leave any of the bits off. Like, I'm I'm not kidding when I say, like, left foot, part of the horse, uh, right hip, and, like, right shoulder are one piece. And, and, And there's no, like leave, leave the torso off so that you can paint the shield and the cape separately. It's like, do you leave off the, the left knee and the right shoulder and paint those separately? That's not helping anything that you're just going to, you're going to get one, you're going to get confused. And two, you're going to get super glue all over everything when you try to put that together at the end. So,
0: yeah, I, when I was doing the, the blood crushers for the corn army that i have been working on. Um, three of them I had fully assembled like that with the rider on the mount. And unfortunately the, you know, they're like completely the the opposite color. And so working around that, you know, even on an older model that I could just pop them off probably, um, is a pain. So I can imagine that, that being a pretty major issue for those particular models.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting question for, for sub sub assemblies. And more and more, I've actually been in, in the camp of just assemble everything and deal with it. Um, so mm-hmm. so in this case, you know, you do have horse armor and you do have person armor, chaos, knight armor, and they're both yellow in my color scheme. So you glue them together, you're only spray painting one model instead of two bottles. Mm-hmm. And so for, for some of the phases, it's a little more efficient. You know, <laughs> since I'm doing 15 knights, it is nicer to have 15 models on my table instead of 30 models on my table yeah so you know there's advantages there but of course there does come a point where you are getting to you know trying to sneak around the reins to paint their belt
0: (laughs) uh,
1: you know get underneath their shield so you can get their belt or or try to paint their saddle under their butt you know behind Mm -hmm. everything else on the model. And there's pros and cons, but for me the uh the the extra trickiness of getting those hard to reach areas is the lesser evil than trying to glue things on at the end, but not having them fit together or something like that mm-hmm. um and of course, the other drawback is for the entire process, you don't have a model like until the very last yeah. step, you have pieces. Whereas right now, mm-hmm. you know, for the last couple of days, I've had models that look pretty cool. They've still got a lot of work to do on them, but they're starting to look pretty cool. I'm starting to get that sense of achievement. And even if I do, for some reason, wander off from this project, which which has been known to happen, like projects get abandoned or, or left aside for a year or two here or there. Um, but if that happens, I will have a, a decent model right now. Whereas if I just had a pile of bits that were mostly painted, that's, that's nothing. That's
0: (laughs) right. Yeah. Like you can't even, even have some kind of like a practice game if they're half painted or, you know, whatever it is you're going to do with them. Um, Yeah. Like sub assemblies is, it's, it's, I mean, it's a matter of preference in a lot of cases, but it is kind of a tricky thing like when do you use them when do you not use them um because there are certain things like like if i were painting those chaos knights and you're saying well i gotta reach in and get the belt it's behind the shield behind the thing like i'd probably just skip that part personally like if you can't see it while it's on the table yeah Like, especially for finishing an army, which I'm all right at. I can finish an army. Some people have a harder time. Like, that's the the kind of thing you'd want to skip, right? So, this is your first potentially fully painted finished army.
1: Am I right? Yes, it has potential. I've not given up hope on it at all. I'm still okay. still going strong, still building still models in the hope for it. Phase. Yeah.
0: I see. Yeah. Um, have you built two thousand points yet? Certainly. Okay. Okay. That's good. We're like at least ten percent of the way there. <laughs> um <laughs> you've got the color scheme picked out. You've you've have you gotten yellow down on on everything? Because no. that's kinda like the biggest thing. You still
1: haven't done that yet? No, 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 no. Getting yellow on everything, I mean, that's just a few hours at the airbrush. Yeah. And, yeah, I I, uh, I want to do a deeper dive on batch size, actually. I think this is mm. how I'm going to get a lot of the warriors done. Now, I have an idea for a right. video. I hope I actually make it, but it's, you know, which, which batch warriors. size is best? Mm. Two, three, five, ten, twenty, forty. And by the time I do that, I'll have eighty oh, warriors okay. and then know
0: that's yeah good point and
1: <laughs> but i think there definitely does come a point where you just have a table full of models and the efficiencies of being able to batch stuff out and do the old assembly line i mean yeah the fact that it's a it's an assembly line doesn't really matter if you're spending more than one session doing silver which
0: Yes. I was certainly doing just with 15 knights,
1: <laughs> but
0: yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean I just went through a fairly large session batch painting and I did um 65 blood letters in a row. And that was pretty good. That actually didn't take very long either. Um because they're they're much simpler models than Chaos knights, but still it felt all right. It felt all right. Like it was it was okay. like a four hours straight, you know, to a a good standard. So not bad. Um, but I I think it depends on the model too. Oh, because you're right. Like if if you sit and you're painting silver and it's like, well, I just put in eight hours and I got half of them done, and exactly. you're you know you're gonna have to come back with a wash too. Like yeah, that's,
1: yeah. the yeah. paint scheme I chose for this army definitely <laughs> takes a while, and, yeah. and it de- of course it depends on the model too, and these characters, mm-hmm. you know, they do have metal filigree all over everything, you know, or at least the way I have them, it's a base of yellow, and then they have all kinds of details and rivets and bolts and mm-hmm. all kinds of other stupid stuff on the armor, which I chose to make a
0: different color, so there you go. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so how many how many metallics do you have in the army? Is its is it two or just more? Just
1: one. Just one. Okay. So actually... Well, so that's uh, not too bad. Yeah, army painter gun metal I've been using. Uh, oh,
0: interesting. Actually,
1: just today I got okay. those uh, Vallejo metal... Vallejo metallics, whatever.
0: Vallejo metal color? Yeah, metal yeah.
1: color. Got a few of metal those color. in the mail today. Oh. haven't, haven't which, given which them a tra- shot yet, but...
0: Which ones did you get?
1: Um, bright aluminum and a couple others. <laughs> I think I got like magnesium something.
0: Mm, don't have that one. They, Interesting.
1: Vallejo for several of their different ranges, they make a distinction between silver, aluminum, chrome. And <laughs> I, I can't even remember. It's, they have like five names for what in my mind is exactly the same color. Like,
0: I mean, they are. They're. They really are. Yeah. Because I, I know what you mean. Like, I have, like, iron and burnt iron and aluminum and dark aluminum and something else, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, there's a bunch of different... And they're just literally different shades of, of silver.
1: Sure. But um, what I'm talking about is, like, the light shade of silver. Like, uh, mm-hmm. they have, like, multiple that are supposed to be brighter than silver. Like, silver, chrome, and aluminum, to me, that's all, like very bright metallic um yeah. and and what i find myself wanting more is like the the gun metal the kind of darker yeah. steel color is what i get a lot of use out of and then maybe a little coincidentally bit of
0: they have a vallejo metal color gun metal just gunmetal. Yeah, yeah yeah the, the problem <laughs>
1: is you know vallejo is not well stocked in the united states it's always no. kind of tricky to find a place that's selling things. So, you know, I was checking out Michigan Toy Soldier and um, a couple other places and ended up finding an eBay store that had a, a couple that I kind of wanted in stock. So I just bought it from there. Yeah.
0: But... <laughs> um, I would, I would bet, and maybe you'll have to do some tests, but I would bet that using a kind of middle ground uh metal from Vallejo metal color would speed up your process.
1: Possibly. I actually uh, really like the gunmetal from Army Painter and I've been mm-hmm. pretty rough on a lot of Army Painter paints, like most of their regular colors I do not like. I like I like their metallics. But their their metallics are pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. and this one bottle of gunmetal in particular, I'm going to be sad when it runs out. Cause I've been, <laughs> you know, I, I just got those Vallejo metal colors today, but until today, at least this has been the best m- bottle of metallics that I've ever had. So I'll be sad uh, when that yeah. runs out.
0: Yeah. I, I, I feel that I've, I've had a few of those, uh, I think P3s like pig iron mm-hmm. was like the best for so long and uh yeah i just i haven't used it in in years now i haven't been able to get any i mean i haven't gone out and actually you know like online to buy any but it's one of those colors yeah
1: you know uh in that jazza minis box there was Mm -hmm. uh army painter i don't know one one brighter than the steel or something and plate metal maybe and i you know put a few drops on took my brush out started painting with it and it started doing the same thing that all the other nasty metallics do it you know it was uh like really grainy and like you could see the glitter mm-hmm. in it and it wasn't spreading well i was like what what the heck is why is this not doing yeah. the same as its cousin that's one shade darker does but, <laughs> uh, it's funny i have
0: i have plate, plate mail metal right here <laughs>
1: Yeah, the constant struggle. I don't know. Sometimes you just get a a bunk bottle too. Sometimes you get a dank bottle. That's true. Sometimes you get a bunk bottle, and that's that's the way of things. Exactly. <laughs>
0: yes, That's exactly what happens. So, um, what were we talking? about? The consistency. About? Well, we were talking about. Uh, actually, we were talking about batch painting, mm. but in uh, a one layer of inception higher than that, we were talking about sub assemblies. <laughs>
1: We'll, we'll get there, but I want to hear more about your batch of 65 who has, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like, I, I, I feel like maybe like 10 or maybe 20 is like actually a pretty good mm-hmm. batch size.
0: I usually, I usually go for 10 because 10 is kind of your, uh, minimum mm-hmm. squad size, right? Sure. To, to be considered, um. I don't know, playable or it counts for battle line in age of Sigmar. Um, So 10 is usually where I like to sit. Um, Like five, if it's a, a bigger unit, like terminator sized unit, but for something like, uh, and more specifically fodder, like your, your battle line units that, you know, you're going to have 30 of in one group that are going to get taken out by something turn one or two um like I still like to make them look good of course but I don't put nearly as much effort into everything um that being said I think that these blood letters look awesome and I wouldn't be sad to have 70 of them on the table which is what this is uh but it was like I I I got that process down. So when I started doing it, it was kind of like, okay, well, if I can just get the first red down on all of them, then do the second one and then the third one and you know, so on. It it just kind of made it easier to do. I also uh did a combination of things where I painted in some of the other details before an all-over wash. Um because if you have colors that go together, Right, um, like I don't know if you're washing. Are you, are you doing oil washes for your chaos nights? I actually had been doing strong tone, watered down with
1: water, but I think okay. I might actually switch to washes. That's something I've been thinking about. Is with these nights, I the, might that would be varnish them great. up, switch to switch to oil washes and, and see what happens. Yeah, do a little testing.
0: Yeah. I mean, because you're using inks, right, to to do the yellow. I did, yeah. So you probably don't even need to do a varnish. Those inks are pretty hard oh, and glossy no. on their own. No, no not that, that hasn't been my
1: experience. Uh, Interesting. I've I've had both experiences. Sometimes the inks seem to be resilient, but sometimes they are definitely not. And so I've been erring on the side of always giving them like a couple passes of of satin varnish um, before yeah. I
0: do anything like wash them. Um, yeah. I mean, when you wash with specifically like a, an Army Painter wash with medium and water, then you will cut your inks. Like, mm-hmm. you, you will strip them up off of your yeah. your model. With the oils, the mineral spirits don't necessarily react in the same way. Um, But, you know, obviously being safe with the varnish is probably a good idea. Yeah, not um, a bad idea. But my point was, though, specifically doing things... Like I like for these, they're all basically red, blue, and orange. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh so the teeth are white. The the metallics are like kind of a a brass, bronze, whatever. And then they have blue tongues and eyes. The entire model is covered with uh Kariburg Crimson, which is like a purple red. Um, you know, crimson. Mm-hmm. Um, but watered down a little bit. So when you go over everything, it doesn't like ruin details, but it gives a little bit more to all of the colors, including the teeth, which now have red in between, you know, crimson and the blue and white tongues, which have a little bit of crimson, just kind of looks like purple and it matches. It all works. So, you know, batching out 70 guys with a plan isn't so bad. Hmm. But if you're if you're going in fresh and you have a lot of stuff or sub assemblies, like yeah, you're right. Instead of you know ten guys, all of a sudden there are twenty things on your table. Like you can't do fifty at once and have a hundred pieces on your table, especially if the the top half of something can only go with the bottom half of something else. Like
1: right, yeah. and if you are doing you know a whole big army, and you're you know dealing with different unit types if you're going from warrior to knight to terminator to manticore to whatever else uh, it can be confusing to make that switch between different shapes of figures and like okay where Mm -hmm. where needs to be yellow on this guy um, just there's more yeah. mental resources, more table resources in terms of putting stuff down, more mental resources in terms of switching gears to look for what you need to paint on each model. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's an experiment I want to do. I, I, I want a horde of chaos warriors with a bunch of crazy stuff sticking out in the middle and knights on the sides and, you know, a Fulmeroid crusher mm-hmm. wandering around and, um, I think, you know, to make a, a fun little YouTube video, I'll do a, what is the best batch size and I'll try a bunch of them up to, I think 40 and then there'll be my, uh, my chaos warriors. So, uh, it's a good way to get an army done. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're hoping we get done before, before spring here. No guarantees, but
0: better. Yeah. Like, Come on.
1: Anyway, t- today I was have to. uh, playing around with Blood Warriors. I know that you've spent some time with the Blood Warrior model recently. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this is a Corn a specific Chaos Warrior. But if you switch out the helmet, he's pretty much a regular Chaos Warrior without a cape. Like the, the armor much, that yeah. he's wearing, the boots are identical, the legs are pretty similar, the chest is close enough. He just doesn't have a, a cape on, and so I've got a ton of extra Chaos Warrior heads, and so I just bought a pack of the Corn Blood Warriors. I assembled them today. I switched out the heads, and I actually really like the direction they're going in. So, if I'm gonna have eighty Warriors of Chaos, I am trying to to mix and match from different generations and do a, a few light conversions and stuff, just so got some variety. Right, in there. Yeah, variety.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. You got rid of all the corn symbols. There are a lot of corn symbols on those Blood Warriors. <laughs> the
1: the ones that really bother me are the helmets. Sure. Uh, if you're, if you're not deep in the Warhammer, ones, maybe yeah. you don't know what we're talking about. But uh, a lot of helmets in any of these games have, like, Viking horns on them. But these are mm-hmm. very specific, like, rectangular Viking horns with just... There's a really odd and distinct shape to them that...
0: And I have it's not I have all me. the examples like right in front of me.
1: <laughs> yeah. I feel so so yeah. regular Chaos Warriors, they have kind of like Viking horns, like just animal horns sticking off of them, which is a trope in all kinds of fantasy and historical settings. But whatever corn the god of corn blood warriors put on their heads is a really distinct and to my mind stupid. Looking thing, uh, <laughs> to each own so, man. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I need, I need you to do a head swap. I'm I'm sorry that the sure. the army you just painted has five stupid heads on them, Casey. Like, uh, no I mean, to okay, you.
0: I painted I painted five of the mortal units of of Blood Warriors. That's that's all that's in this. Everything else, it's all you know, red orange demons. That's all that's in this army. It's a corn demons army. Um, You know, that that red tide kind of a thing. The just massive. Bunch of demons coming at you. So Mm -hmm. um, I like blood warriors, though. I think they're pretty awesome. And I I don't know. I've I've never had a problem with the corn symbols. Like I like corn berserkers from 40K. And that's kind of the same thing. They have that like cool skull face with the the weird funky you know cornate symbols
1: yeah the the cornate symbols that are just the like etchings on their armor and like maybe like a few tattoos or or like scars on their mm-hmm. flesh or whatever that's fine. It it meshes pretty well with the other assorted chaos symbols and chaos stars and everything. Like it all it all meshes pretty well together. It does. Except yeah. for those those yeah. helmets are really jarring to me, but you swap those out, you got yourself some regular old chaos warriors that cost more than your regular chaos warriors but it's nice to have some variety in there <laughs> yeah they they do cost more yeah. right like they're so this 20... is actually not a, a a life hack there that's a pretty bad life hack no but...
0: that's that's actually a terrible idea <laughs> yeah unless you so... get some used ones or something <laughs> with no heads <laughs>
1: uh yeah 60 dollar unit to replace a 40 dollar unit but it with with some light conversions but i like the variety right. I'll, I'll probably only do that once Let's see if I get really carried away. Maybe I'll do it twice, but uh probably not. I wouldn't recommend probably it. Not. I'd probably don't need to. Probably need to do some more painting here. But moving well, on. Well, that's that's the thing. Moving you, on. You All need right. Enough about painting. my stupid chaos army. We're going to be hearing about that every week until I finish it. So moving on. I want you on. to finish it.
0: Yeah. I just want you to finish it. I know. It. That's I it. Know. What are you What are you doing, <laughs> Casey? Um. So I finished the corn army. I fit finished finished it's done
1: Casey finished another full army uh congratulations Casey Two thousand
0: points <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh yeah thanks it was uh it was a lot of work so it's not like I I'm not putting in the time you know like I've painted a lot in the last week um I was I was trying to kind of like let let it go for a while there obviously I've talked about it several times just like we're going to be hearing about your army, mm-hmm. um, but it, it is time to let it go. And I, I did make the decision to go ahead and sell it. Cause we talked about that last time a bunch. Um, and then I, I reached out on it in the video that I made, you know, cause I have that extra hero model um, just asking if anybody knows anything about the seller um, or if the seller will contact me again. Cause I don't have his information. Um, if I get more information on the family that had it before him, that I would donate proceeds after painting and selling that particular corn hero model to whatever charity they wanted, and I thought that was a pretty good compromise because in the end, like the dude that was gifted it sold it and stripped it so. I finished the army like that's that's more than I think most people would do so
1: oh no absolutely (laughs) I I think the uh (laughs) the act of finishing the army and making sure that a lot of eyes get on it and you know Mm -hmm. uh really putting in the the thought to honor the previous owner um that the one previous owner in particular um yeah yeah that's awesome that's awesome
0: yeah, and, uh, you know, someone else can enjoy the army as it is, and, you know, I, I really thought about keeping it, too, because I actually really like this army, and kind of wanted, I still, even right now, it's for sale on eBay right now, and I'm still kind of like, I could just cancel it, and keep it, because <laughs> it's cool, <laughs> like, I don't know, I don't know what's wrong with me. um. Well, like I mean, you put a lot of yourself we, uh, into
1: it, and that's why it's gonna uh, gonna you know, yeah. be popular on eBay, right? It's true. People know that you put um, a lot of yourself into it, and you'll always have the videos and the memories, Casey.
0: That's what I keep telling myself. Uh, it it helps a little bit sometimes, you know. Um. Yeah, someone else is just gonna enjoy it more than I will, and get a lot more use out of it because sure. I just don't play enough games. To justify having another you know fully painted army ready to go another right? one yeah another one oh i only have like three or four uh, well or so. it, it frees you up to start a new
1: project doesn't
0: it yes and and mostly what i was gonna say is that like a, a downside to making content on a regular basis is it does cost money and i have to sell stuff on ebay in order to keep doing that so that's just how it is but i am done and i am very excited about the way that it all turned out so
1: congratulations yeah yeah and and do you have a an inkling of what your next big project is can we get a little taste casey
0: well so i I got a couple things kind of okay, so I I got a Mortarion or mortar I don't know. Close remember. enough. I think uh, you're
1: yep, you did it fine.
0: Whatever. Uh yeah, I was I was getting jabbed in the uh the the Discord server a little bit about oh man, you know, those are uh those are real hot commodities right now that Death Guard book's coming out and people are all excited about it. And I mean I'm all about the Nurgle and the Death Guard and all the stuff. So I ended up getting one.
1: You get a decent. So deal. I don't know.
0: I I did. I mean, it was, it was like a hundred bucks. Okay. You know, so there's some weird, like blue putty on it. I don't know what it is <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, so we'll see what that is, but um, like it should actually be here. I haven't gone and checked the mail today, but I did get the notification. It's in the mailbox. So I'm gonna have to go check that after this. Um, So I'm thinking about doing, like, a Death Guard army, but already those models are going for a premium, so I might have to just not do that. I'm not sure yet. Uh, I almost, almost bought a very nice Skaven army about 45 minutes ago. Ooh. <laughs> I, was, I was real close. Almost like um, you were outbid at the last minute, or...? No, like it, i decided against it at the last minute because of how much it was going to go for. I mean it, it ended up going for an okay price. It had like forty Storm Vermin in it, which is like 150 bucks on its own. Um but a bunch of other kind of like sort of well done models. There were some interesting looking ones. Um but it would have been a lot of work, kind of like this this corn army was, and I'm not sure if I'm ready to dedicate the amount of time and effort into doing that right right so soon after well i'm gonna call dibs on skaven then i already have a skaven army what are you talking about oh are you doing skaven uh
1: i might i might i've got a lot of models here and they're pretty cool and uh they are cool uh, yeah i i uh if i get this this chaos army going I I think allies work in a way that like Skaven can sort of ally in or something. I don't know. They're all in the the realm um, of chaos.
0: Maybe not. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I mean, technically, you can. Yeah. Well, got, if they're in chaos, I've got an you idea for
1: that. uh, like, armies on parade board. That's you know. So my my chaos warriors are like running into a city and they've got their cobblestone bases, but of course. Yeah. Uh, under the city in the sewers are Skaven, so right there's a, a double decker board right there.
0: I like it. Mm. That's a cool idea. Yeah. Uh, Skaven Skaven is one of those armies that um like I started with Skaven after getting the Age of Sigmar, like the first box set, I just started buying Skaven models. And then that uh the the virulent horde box came out for Christmas or something Um, and I picked that up Um, and actually somebody just sent me uh, an original screaming bell like an all pewter one so yeah I got that like so I have like I have this scaven stuff that's ready to go and and uh, you know when that newest book came out and it was like well you have to have either storm vermin or plague you know boys or like the the normal rats, you know, it was kind of like, I got to have 60 of those like minimum kind of put me off a little bit on the the horde army. Sure. Um, Because, you know, red and orange demons are pretty easy to paint in 70 batches, you know, 70 man batches. But doing Plague Monks or yeah. Skaven, there's a lot of different. Things they've on got there.
1: their fur. They've got their robes. They've got their robe ropes that tie the robes shut. They've got their yeah. little knives and stuff, and their cute little pink little mm-hmm. tails. And they've got they've got eyes, you know, for one thing.
0: A lot of them do. They've got the little and, rat and teeth. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, little rat teeth. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um. So there are some things. I also uh I was talking to a guy not that long ago, um, and he was sharing this really cool project with me about, uh, turning, uh, plague monks into the, the Glober, like Glober deers or whatever. Yeah. Um, converting them into those and, and how to do that. Uh, you're showing me some pictures and I kind of like saved all this stuff. And I was like, this, this sounds like such a cool (laughs) like video to make. Um, so that's kind of been on the table, but then, like I said, I, I just didn't pull the trigger on that army. Um, And I would have won too. Like I, I was gonna put in a bid. It ended up going for like twenty dollars less than my final bid was going to be. Um, but I didn't, didn't do it. Yeah. Uh, other than that, like, I, I bought a Carnosaur. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you got stuff yeah, in the
1: pipeline.
0: I, I, got, I got some stuff. Um, uh, the bigger problem that I'm actually facing is that in a couple months um I'm I'm I got to like scale it back a little bit not that I'll be doing less videos I mean I might it really depends but since there's going to be a new baby in the house I have to basically figure out how to make content while also doing that <laughs> like full time so that's going to be really interesting, and I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do with that. So, like, even right now, this week, I'm kind of testing out, um, like, a not necessarily a new format, but kind of a way to do that that makes my life a little bit easier and still accomplishes what I'm trying to accomplish. Um, so I'm working on a, a goblin, uh, like a warlord guy, this week. Uh, kind of just trying to pump it out. Get some cool stuff around it, some story, sell it on eBay, that kind of thing. So I'm I'm having to compromise a little bit, I suppose. Hmm. Um, just in planning for the future,
1: it just gotta yeah. be learn learn to uh, you know paint while singing a lullaby or something like that. You know? I, I am be almost able to guarantee wall. there will be videos yeah. like
0: that where I'm going to be sitting there with a camera over my shoulder and there's just going to be a sleeping baby and a model like right here. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm going to figure it out.
1: You're just going to have an Indominus be, be box behind you with a human <laughs> yeah. child in it.
0: <laughs> I mean, if they made an Indominus uh, baby rocker that like vibrated <laughs> and moved like a car, sure. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> yeah that uh, it's yeah you'll you'll figure it Um, out you'll figure it out yeah yeah i'm not not like too worried about it but um you know i i remember last time that that i had a kid you know like my productivity did go down quite a bit for painting models like i understand i I, I was actually it's funny enough i was painting plague monks Like the day after we took it, like the day we took him home, like he's in the crib thing, you know, the baby thing. And I've got like a handful of paints and some plague monks, like on a TV tray in the living room. So I know it can be done, (laughs) but, uh, filming it and doing a full video on top of that. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm not anticipating anything slowing down, but I'm going to, I'm gonna have to just change it up a little bit. That's all I'm saying yeah
1: I'm excited
0: <laughs> I bet <laughs> I'm ready. I'm
1: ready. I know I'm sure you are <laughs>
0: like, I'm ready to watch this train wreck. all right <laughs> yeah um I don't know I guess I guess that's that's it, man. Like I got nothing else, okay, I got nothing
1: all right. I've been working on my efficiency over here. I've got a thing yes. I've got a thing to talk about, okay, yes. So (laughs) I spent a couple of days uh, fixing up my studio. Now, hopefully to you at home watching this on YouTube slash Paint Bravely, the podcast, things look pretty normal over here. Uh, You know, I'm sitting in front of some cat pictures. I've got my refinished table here in front of me. Behind me, I've got a cat Mm -hmm. in Mm this box. But... Seems normal, huh? Seems ah. seems normal, but things have but changed. So, now if you've been watching at home, you may have noticed that I have a, a two-foot length of 8020 aluminum uh, T-stock here. This is extruded aluminum. It is a structural framing material, uh, T-slot aluminum. Now, what I'm trying to say here is that I built a cage around my table. And I yes. bolted all kinds of equipment to it. And I think this is very exciting and it's helping with productivity. But yeah. uh, ordinarily for, you know, a YouTube channel or a podcast, you've got, uh, you know, wherever you're, you're presenting from, you got your, your caster desk and then around you, you have tripods. Tripods yes. for, for <laughs> lights, for cameras, for microphone <laughs> boom arms. You've got, Mm -hmm. uh, I've got a monitor right here to see that I'm uh, recording it in focus right now. Um, All of this off screen, of course, but ordinarily (laughs) this room would just be packed with tripods. But what I did is I built a a cage, a cage is the best way to put it, but uh, a framed up, uh, a four poster cage out of 8020 structural (laughs) aluminum. And onto that, I bolted on uh camera one camera two monitor uh boom arm, and lights everywhere lights um now now, for most of you, you don't care how I've arranged my cameras in my room uh I care a lot, but something that might be yeah. interesting to everybody is that I also made a change in lighting and I am currently being lit mostly with uh, shop lights. So this is... But
0: they're at, uh, you know, very... What do they run at? What? What do they run at, though?
1: For for temperature? Yeah. So these are at uh, 5,000 Kelvin. Um, I think I may try out a couple of different colors, but the beauty of LED shop lights is that they are very cheap and provide a lot of efficient light. So this is something that you might buy at Home Depot, or of course I got them on Amazon, but they are like four foot long, and they, they look like the form factor of fluorescent light bulbs, mm-hmm. but they're LED strips inside a plastic tube, basically. And so Which is for, so great. Yeah. For 40 bucks, I bought four of these things that are just lighting up the room like a lighthouse right now. Yep. And... Uh, yeah, for, for anybody looking to get some more light into their hobby space, uh, uh, so far so good on this. Shop yeah. lights, LED shop lights. You can get multi-packs on Amazon for cheap. You can mm-hmm. uh, get them in a couple different color temperatures. Uh, I, I'm still learning about different color temperatures and what my preferences are for that. So these are mm-hmm. 5,000 Kelvin, which is... Uh, getting close to a daylight bulb it's kind of in between cool white and, and daylight but uh, yeah yeah low kelvin temperatures are are more yellowy high kelvin temperatures are more blue and i don't know It it always throws me off that daylight bulbs are just basically
0: blue <laughs> yeah right that's super white blue.
1: It never made sense to me. Yeah. Like when I think of daylight, I think of warm white, which is the farthest off you can get.
0: But the sky is blue, Brent.
1: Uh. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Ugh. <laughs> uh. So. Anyway, I built, uh, you know, this frame above me. So I've got these uprights made out of this 8020 aluminum and. I'm glad that I got this stuff before they closed their eBay store. So this company that makes this extruded aluminum, oh, no. <laughs> this stuff is, is silly expensive, except they used mm-hmm. to have an eBay store where you could get crazy good deals on it. Uh, mm-hmm. But they, they closed that down because they realized they should just make it really expensive Set it on a website <laughs> yeah. so uh I, I was sad i had to buy like a couple of new pieces uh so like a six foot length oh, no. is like 40 dollars yeah six foot length of this stuff is just as expensive as the lights i put on the the whole contraption yeah. here and uh, you have what like a six foot square pretty much yeah so yeah. uh if, if you start counting the edges in a cube like that that adds up <laughs>
0: right <laughs> yeah uh,
1: but but yeah you you go to the 8020 website to buy yourself some sticks of aluminum and they charge by the inch so like i i ordered myself <sighs> a couple more 72 inch sticks and it was like 50 cents an inch or something like it it adds up fast yeah uh, but this uh, is just it's it's a lot of fun it's like a erector set for for big kids Mm -hmm. or or legos for big kids and i've i've made several contraptions with with this this stuff over the years and i keep keep finding new things to do with it someday someday Mm -hmm. we'll have an episode that's just forget minis we're talking about extruded aluminum structural (laughs) framing materials today
0: (laughs) yes yes please that sounds great i mean you could you could You could talk about structural aluminum, uh, color temperature of lights, you know, the best boom arms for cameras, just a whole primer on why, like, the kind of space you should have, The, the most level 10 hobby setup you can get
1: you know i think this is still a level four setup right now because of this where i'm sitting right now doesn't have great storage well i guess behind me they have a lot of models and stuff but yeah. i don't have a lot of like well a lot of my hobby supplies are on the other side of the room that's that's what i'm complaining about here but uh
0: i mean but you're it's it's the room you're in right Yeah, the room the, i'm in is level five yeah, you're, right. you're right we might yeah. have to revisit that at some point Just to,
1: yeah, we made it up on the fly and it was okay. uh, But we'll, right. We'll really, the fact that people are still using
0: that system, like, we might need to just write it down, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Like, when somebody just randomly is like, yeah, I I got me a nice level three. I'm like, level three? They're like, yeah, hobby space. Oh, yeah. We should probably clarify. (laughs) Like, yeah, we need to do that. (laughs) So, just a side note.
1: We'll 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 definitely codify this at some point because it's an important <laughs> ranking system for for you to know where you're at and where you're going and how you should be yeah. feeling about uh, how things are going in your life right now and in your hobby life. Right. And, yeah.
0: When you when you get a lighting rack, you know, of either extruded aluminum or electrical conduit bolted into your ceiling, like you know you're going places. Yeah,
1: that's really good, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I like the aluminum because I don't have to bolt it to my ceiling. I can just, you know, live in a cage here.
0: The view is good. Well, you have, you have feet on the ground, right? You got, you got the, the yeah. four posts, Yeah, four yeah. posts.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, at least you got rid of the tripods and stuff. That's just such a huge, <laughs> huge part of all of it. Like not having tripods is amazing.
1: It really is. It's, it's yeah. a huge change at the, yeah. and there's, you know, once those two extra posts come in, this thing's going to be really rigid. Like right now, I'm two posts mm-hmm. sh- short from just a, a real <laughs> structural behemoth. But, right. <laughs> but even now, like the cameras are on just a nice, solid mounting. I've got That's sweet. So for like when I do those time lapses over many days and weeks or whatever. Yeah. Like that camera rock is solid. staying
0: right where it is. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: There's no cat uh gordon loves to rub against tripods i mean he loves to rub against anything but oh tripods especially (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah. not not these cameras you've cat-proofed your your setup that's perfect yeah so
1: everything is bolted into place and that that time-lapse camera I might change its position just for artistic effect, but if I wanted to have right. uh, a 100-hour time lapse of that framing staying exactly as it is, that's an option. I love it. Of course, these, these LED shop lights are probably going to change color temperature over that time, but don't worry about that. I mean,
0: yeah. I know that, that the actual like life cycle of them is not as long as a, a normal LED. Hmm. It is shorter. It's it's like two thousand hours. Hmm. Um. So that could be an issue. Whoa. I use shop lights. Like what I have above me is one of those LED shop lights. Um. Like for painting, I switched to a ring light setup that's LEDs. So it's basically the same thing. Um. But for a long time, I had a shop light in my closet, hanging from like the closet bar. You know, you know, hang your clothes from. So I had the shop light hanging from that, and I had a desk in the closet right there, and it was the best setup I've ever had for painting. It was, I mean, it was bright and noticeably affecting my painting. Like, sometimes in a good way, but weirdly, I noticed that a lot of my models came out looking darker, or my highlights weren't as bright as they should have been because the light was so bright. That I thought that the reflection of those highlights, you know, into my eyes was brighter. So I take it out of the room and be like, oh, this thing's like black and white still. It's like barely registering, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, an, that's a lesson right there. It's important to leave your hobby cage every once in a while. hmm
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a good call. Uh, luckily, I do have a door leading to the outside in my hobby space. Ooh. Yeah. And a window. I, although the window situation you can't see it right now on the camera behind this camera there's a window during the day the the sun just shines right in and it like kills my filming setup i like i have to wait for certain times of day to film kind of thing or i have to cover it so right now there is a uh, a sleeping bag nailed to the wall over that window <laughs> <laughs> it's a little janky <laughs> but i had to do it i gotta control my lights you know (laughs) so i still have to fix that issue but i have access
1: babies hate lights so just keep that sleeping bag
0: (laughs) 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 stop crying baby i need to paint my leds (laughs) no that's cruel (laughs) um that's that's super awesome i like that you're you're getting the rig thing I'm just trying to move it back. <laughs> I got you. Um yeah, the, the whole rig thing, having the lights hung and the cameras, like I haven't gotten that far to, to do all the cameras, but the lights, I've got the lights. And I I know exactly how you feel. It's real good.
1: Yeah. Uh think of the way you feel, organizing your hobby desk. It's it's just like that for us, but there's uh there's an outer ring of tripods of cameras and lights that we like to organize. <laughs> so That's true. I have a smaller layer of of hobby (laughs) satisfaction to get that all in line and nailed down. Yeah. Um, Oh, man. Yeah. So I guess that's what's new with me. Uh, I got an email earlier today from Gen Con I could read here. Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked before about our conventions actually happening in 2021 and, you know, Adepticon, which is in March, uh, got called, I don't know, in December of last year. Yeah, real early, yeah, so Gen Con2
0: yeah,
1: Gen Con is the next convention that I is kind of on my radar or something that I have gone to before and would like to go to again. and so this is in America, in Indianapolis, and it's normally like the first couple of days of August, and so mm. uh, we're in late January right now when I got this email. And it's from the Gen Con people like, uh, look, we, uh, we didn't have Gen Con last year. We're trying to decide if we are having Gen Con in 2021 in August of 2021. And, uh, how are you all feeling? Are people thinking like they might want (laughs) to travel and see a lot of people in August of this year? Uh, if we do this, is anybody going to come? Uh, what safety requirements would you like to have? So, um... What what I wanted to read from this email was just they they sent along a a survey, and you know I'm on the email list just because I've gone to this convention before, and they sent a, a survey of questions like yeah how are you feeling should we do this uh you know what precautions so I just wanted to read you a few of these questions so one of the questions if- was uh, if a physical Gen Con had an increased outdoor presence for health and safety recent reason- reasons would you still be interested in attending. Yes. No. Not sure. Like. Oh. Okay. Like. Wh- how would the convention be if it was outside? Like. I mean, there's like vendor hall is a big part of this thing. You don't want rain or extreme heat and sun on your merchandise. Uh-uh, all right. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um. That's tough to say. I mean, if especially if it's a lot of collectible stuff or fairly expensive stuff or. You know, in some cases, like magic cards or the like, like they're not going to want them sitting in the sun all day, even under a tent, you know, humidity, other issues. It doesn't seem like a good idea.
1: A lot of role playing would be great outside, but Indianapolis in August is pretty hot. Toasty. You know, yeah, Yeah. it's it's toasty. But obviously, you know, uh, LARPs, uh, role playing games can be great outside, but. These are just the questions that like, okay, what, what would a convention actually be like if, if things aren't quite back to normal yet? So, which it probably yeah, won't be yeah. realistically. So, um, Realistically, yeah. Another question on here, uh, which of the following enhanced uh, health and safety measures would you want to see at a physical Gen Con in 2021? Select all mm-hmm. that apply. Daily temperature <sighs> checks at all entrances. Masks mandated at all times, daily sanitizing of indoor spaces, enforced social distancing and limitations of crowds, free COVID testing, hand sanitizers throughout indoor and outdoor spaces, proof of vaccinations before participating.
0: I mean, it's an interesting list that they're even saying like that they could possibly exclude some of those things. Like, shouldn't it be, hey, if we're going to do a convention at all, even if it is a possibility, we're going to do all of these things regardless. Like, the one thing that gets me a little bit is the free COVID testing. Yeah, that's. I'm not sure why you. I don't because it takes a few days, doesn't it? (laughs) Like two or three days. So by the time you've wandered around inside or outside and you're like, oh, no, I have it. I guess I'm staying. I don't. I don't know if that's going to be a good thing or it's going to just like, yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know what that does to badge prices either. Uh, but,
0: uh yeah, that's a good point.
1: <laughs> but they might be able to find a find a way with the city or something to to get someone else to comp those prices. But um, and the it's other possible, thing is yeah. like you know the temperature checks at all entrances that's that's another one of those like by the time you're spiking you're you've been contagious yeah
0: yeah um
1: but to me i look at this list and it's just a reminder that if things aren't back to normal this is not going to be a fun and a fun event (laughs)
0: fun that's that's a better Uh, way to put it than probably anything it's like you're not gonna have a good time (laughs) yeah
1: like if you have to travel and so you're at the airport and they're you know you're getting your temperature checked at the airport or, or whatever the restrictions yeah. are. It's like, yeah, this is even worse than a normal trip to the airport, but yeah, I've got to, right. I've got to get to Vegas or, or whatever. So, uh, if, if you're going through all this because you want to have a good time inside the building where you're all wearing masks and staying far away from ah. each other and, it's, <laughs> right. it's just, just to me, it's a reminder that if things aren't back to normal, a convention just is going to be more stressful. And
0: yeah, it's not going to feel right. Yeah, it's not going to feel like it should.
1: Yeah. So the, So the next question is, which of the following statements best describes your attitude towards Gen Con 2021? <laughs> I will attend if I am vaccinated. I will attend if enhanced health and safety measures are implemented, regardless of whether or not I am vaccinated. I will attend Mm. even if I am not vaccinated and there are no enhanced safety measures in place. I do not plan on attending a physical Gen Con in 2021. I am not sure of my plans to attend Gen Con at this time.
0: I don't think anybody is sure of their plans. Right. Right At this time, like, what's uh, realistically going to happen from now until then? I am not sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, we're not sure either, Gen Con. Like, you need to make up your mind. (laughs) I mean, it's nice that they, like, they're trying to gauge whether or not if they change some things that they could still do something that would be beneficial to an amount of people. Like I, I like that attitude going in. They're trying to cater and make sure that they're doing it the right way for the people who will go if they want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't sound like it's going to be a good time. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's because like what I would be going for isn't necessarily I don't know. Like I, I'd wanna go around and, and hang out with people. Right. That's why I'd be going to a convention. And if I can't even do that, if they're like, no, you gotta stay six feet apart, you know, like what does that look like playing a game of Warhammer? It's like, well, technically the tables are six <laughs> by four, I guess. <laughs> like that's that just doesn't sound great to me, you know? Like yeah. I, you know, I could I could do something at home with with people and, and plan a couple of days and you know what I mean? Like, we could figure something out that would be easier and, and probably more fun in the long run. It costs a lot less money, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I'm but, sorry, Gen Con. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the, just the
1: putting the questions in words, like writing down these questions and sending them out when you're reading them, it's like how do you feel about cannibalism at Gen Con 2021? (laughs) Like, you you have to ask. Yeah. Yeah. The fact
0: that you're asking me this. Um, Right.
1: But yeah, I mean, a convention is inherently like a little bit stressful, like a, a packed loud room full of nerds who have been wandering around for 12 hours. And they're on their third day of wandering around for 12 hours. Like, you know, right. it, it, normally on the whole, it's fun, but I think there's, there's a certain level of stress that underlies that and, and, you know, a little bit of, you know, social yeah. tension and it, it, there can be bit, drama, yeah. but if you add to that, everybody wearing masks and trying to stay away from each other and worried about right. if the other person has been tested. Anyway, the the next question, I think this is the last one I'll read here, but... Would you be comfortable playing games at the same table with somebody who wasn't part of your household? Check all that apply. Yes, if they are wearing a mask. Yes, if they are vaccinated. Yes, if the table and game components are sanitized before use. No, I am not comfortable. Or I am not sure. So, again, it's just envisioning the the real practical of what is life like at one of these conventions. If you're going there, if you're going to Gen Con to play games, this is a convention that's, you know, Gen Con is short for Geneva convention from, you know, Geneva, Wisconsin, the home of D and D. And, uh, Mm -hmm. so it very much grew up around, you know, D and D, you know, and then just a whole bunch of other games, but, one of the things you yeah. you're supposed to do at these conventions is meet people and hang out and play games. And if you're asking these questions before you're sitting down with strangers at a table, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I mean, would it be
0: would it be more beneficial if the convention didn't necessarily happen, um? I mean, cause like I could see them doing something like, well, we have a vendor hall and you can walk through X amount of people at a time and, you know, go to each thing and you wait your turn something, you know, cause it's like, you can go into a Walmart or something and whatever. It's kind of the same. They could make it the same kind of thing, but then they could just do it online too. And that would be fine. You know, it's not the same thing, but you know. Um would it be more beneficial to quarantine yourself and then visit someone who would then also probably go to the convention that doesn't necessarily live in the same area as you to play a game like in the comfort of someone's house?
1: That'd be really cool. Is is if you just tell yourself that, you know, this August, um taking that time off, I'm taking that long weekend or whatever and I am going to find a way to safely get some games in. Right. Yeah. I'm at least going to see my convention buddies, even if me and my convention buddies don't go to right. uh, an insane convention this weekend. Exactly.
0: Like yeah. you can meet up with the, the, the handful of people that you'd probably see anyways um, and probably just have a lot more fun. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cabin in the woods style.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm still not getting going through airport security to to go and see you, Casey. But someday, someday, (laughs) someday, Um, you're going to have a child then anyway. So
0: yeah, that's true. August is a long time from now.
1: Yeah. I'll I'll visit oh once they can say Uncle Brent.
0: That's that's not a bad way to go actually. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Will you
1: visit Casey if his youngest child can say dada Uncle Brent? Re roll your v-?
0: I mean Yeah. yeah. I'm going to I'm going to wait until I can con my child into change dice rolls for me. <laughs> without someone else looking that's that's when it'll happen <laughs> otherwise uh youtube hobby meetup 2022 there we Probably. go yeah i'd say 2022 for multiple people yeah and it and it will be cabin in the woods warhammer yeah
1: and and added to all this I so want to go to a convention and see everybody and yeah yeah uh, there's there's so many people I want to see in person and so many mm-hmm. you know games I want to play and and stuff to check out but just reading these and questions the, it's just more and more obvious that this this still isn't happening for a while is it
0: right I mean look they they don't even know what they're talking about like they can't make up their own mind and they're just hoping. That somehow ninety-nine percent of people are like, I will totally go to Gen Con. And that's just not gonna happen because everyone's answer should be I have no idea yeah. on all of these questions. <laughs> like we don't know. You can't know. I would love I would love to be the person who sees the results to this.
1: Actually, maybe, yeah. maybe I should actually fill out this survey and see if they show us, like, the running results after nice. you submit it. Yeah. That would be Oh, that would be amazing, though.
0: Just spike bars on the bottom. I don't know. I don't know. 97%. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it'll probably be closer to, like, a 50-50 kind of thing of, like, hey, if you clean up and uh, we got to do the social distancing, then cool, let's do it. Like, I mean, theoretically, a lot of people should have... Um, uh, vaccines. By then, uh, I just found out weirdly, like I went to I went to a Walgreens. It's like on the corner store, right? Um, and the the guy that was checking me out, um, was like, "Yeah, I just got my my vaccine." And I'm like, "Oh, that that's cool." I I uh, didn't realize that we had gotten to that part where, you know, because they were talking like medical professionals and first responders and that kind of thing got their stuff, and they were they're gonna roll it out. Uh, turns out that the Walgreens I was at was like, they were just, they had them. They're like, yeah, we'll just sign you up. You you get your first one, like right now. Are you like, vaccinated? Oh. Do you have? No, no, oh, no, because no. they didn't have any more. And oh, the dude okay. was like, yeah, go, go talk <laughs> to the pharmacist. They'll tell you when to come back. Um, But yeah, it was kind of like, oh, this is now, this is happening right now. And I I was not expecting that. So it kind of threw me off a little bit. Um, But even then, like when you when you get the vaccine, obviously you got the two steps and you're only vaccinated from the virus as far as like really being harmful to you personally. Not to other people around you. Like if you still have people who are at risk around you, that's like, cool, I'm not going to. I'm not going to have a problem probably like if it's 95% or whatever, like I'll trust that. But then somebody else might. And that sucks. Right. Right. I don't know. Just it, We, again, we don't know. <laughs> like we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, 2022.
1: That's, that's the new mantra. Yeah. Yeah, 2022, right. got a good feeling over here. We're, oh,
0: man, it's it's enough after saying 2021, come on, <laughs> like, for so long. Yeah,
1: I gotcha. Killing me. I gotcha. Yeah. All right, what else we got, Casey? Um, I think we have a comment. I'll read it, and then you can respond.
0: Okay, that, that works. <laughs> All
1: right. Normally, we sit on comments for, like, months before we get around to them. But this one was actually from uh, today, which Four will be a week from now by the time this comes out. But, okay. That's true. Without further ado, <laughs> PN says, Is it common for a new painter to maybe wonder if they're just a subpar painter and that the sculpts are just that good that anybody could do this? Or is that just me? You know, not trying to be negative or humble brag, but... Sometimes I think it has to be the sculpts
0: that are making models look this good. So, so is he saying that like even a mediocre paint job looks pretty good? Is it because the model is so cool? Yeah. If you, if, or is he saying if, if there's that there's like a really cool models. model,
1: if there's a really cool model that you just, uh, put on your, your coloring book hat and you color that book and then it looks awesome. Like the, no no skill like you got the bare minimum skill but you were able to make that primaris uh blue with with gold trim
0: yeah like obviously to a point right like there are certain models that do look awesome and if you do the basic amount of work on them um like primaris is a good example those models look better than the old space marines, they're dynamic they look cool with very minimal effort, right? You know, it, especially in a group of other models, uh, you know, you've got thirty Primaris Space Marines on the ground. That looks pretty sweet, you know, because they're they're set up, right? So if I spray painted all my Primaris blue, put some null oil on there, did the trim, it looks pretty good. Yeah, uh, I think I think sculpts are definitely helping paint jobs look better um i think uh you know obviously you can see a difference when someone paints the same awesome sculpt to a very high level and they look even more incredible but uh yeah good sculpt definitely makes your paint jobs look good yeah don't let that diminish your accomplishment
1: though If you've got a model that looks cool, like you, you still had some involvement there. It wasn't, uh, wasn't all the sculptors. I mean, you still have
0: to put the paint on and and there are definitely ways to put the paint on wrong or poorly. You know, that, that's certainly a thing that will detract. Like if you put the paint on so thick that you cannot see the fact that it's a primaris marine anymore, that's, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I think there's there's definitely some models where you look at it and you're like, "Oh yeah, this is going to look sweet." Like <laughs> sometimes yeah. you just see a new sculpt, you're either like, "I know what I can do with this," or just mm-hmm. almost guaranteed to look awesome.
0: There there are some models that I've had where, you know, I'm looking at the gray plastic and I'm thinking like, "This model is going to look awesome by the time I'm d- I'm done with it." You know, with like minimal effort like a speed paint almost like I'm going to spend an hour on this, this guy, you know, I'd feel real good. Um, coincidentally, I guess I, I actually just had an experience just like that. Uh, I painted a skull taker for the corn army and it's a little bit bigger than most of the other standard demon models. Um, but he's got a lot more detail. He's got armor and a sweet, cape made of skulls and i did basically the same workup that i did on all of the other ones but i i uh he's got this like flaming skull in one hand too and i don't know like it just went really well for some reason or another i didn't try any harder on on this one model but it turned out way nicer than most of the other models in the army and i think that has a lot to do with the sculpt You know, the way that they they balanced out like the the skin to armor ratio. It's like I can fill the armor in with one color and it still looks really good with the rest of the model, even if it's supposed to be maybe a couple different colors. So I do think there are just some models that lend themselves to. I don't know, maybe like a specific type of painting or a way of painting, or if the sculptor envisioned it to have a zenithal highlight generally. Then when you do something like that, it just accentuates a lot of those sculpted pieces and it it just looks cool. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, definitely don't, don't let that deter you. Like if it looks cool, like you still painted it. Yeah. That's awesome. Own that.
1: Yeah. Sometimes with a texture, especially you're like, oh yeah, the little bit of dry brush here or a little bit of wash here. And like, sometimes you just look at a model and know that this is going to take wash really well or. Right this has just the right amount of texture and and raised bits and deep bits for, for contrast paint to work really well or something like that. Yeah. And still a little bit of knowledge there. You, you looking at it and recognizing what techniques are going to make this work and what that model is suited for. But, um, and, and that's part of experience and skill too, is, is knowing the right tools for the job and, and seeing seeing the potential that a, that a figure has.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of models these days are, are being made. Um, I, I suppose being made to paint, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not just haphazardly put together. It's like they're posed and they're proportioned in such a way to make things, you know, for you to paint like, like a, a space Marine, shoulder pad, it's pretty broad, but it's like, it's, it's there. I don't know. I don't know how to explain that better. (laughs) Like it makes sense. Like uh, there's, there's separations in sections, you know, they'll put like a, a rope down a leg or something that separates two sections that, you know, not only hides a mold line or a, you know, a join, but is a separation for color. You know, yeah. they're doing those things to help you paint a little bit easier. Um, You know, and, and like I said, it you can take that to a high degree and yeah. those models will look even better with a really good paint job. But yeah, like a, a, a nice basic workup, you know, clean
1: looks good. I'd love to hear the discussions that go on about, you know, when when these folks are designing a model to be painted. Like, you mm-hmm. know, um, especially, you know, the Primaris and thinking about where the color blocks are and where to put details and raised bits and where to put, uh, you know, icons or, yeah. or, or whatever. I would love to hear those discussions because I think you're right. I think some models in particularly, you know designed to look cool, but also designed to have the right amount of textures and stuff on there to paint and to have some raised edges that take edge highlighting really well or what have you. Um, Yeah. You know, I know I've some of the really good painters complain about there not being enough flat areas on models anymore to put some freehand crazy mosaics on. Um, You know, I know some folks will file off, you know, the designs on shields or whatever, but, yeah, if you look at a stormcast shield, like there's raised designs and and crap all over it, right. whereas you know a, a it like like, <laughs> you know a real shield might have like you know a real shield would maybe have wood texture, but mostly it would be a flat area with some heraldry drawn onto it or painted onto it. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a lot of work if you're painting minis, so throw a <laughs> yeah, throw some three D <laughs> hammer icons onto your Stormcast shield and
0: throw a wash on that and call it good. Pretty much, yeah. And I mean, like, when, when the new AOS stuff came out, you could tell that they were designed to be painted. Like, Stormcasts are pretty easy to paint, and they look pretty cool. And I've seen every color under the sun. And it's like, you got some crazy combinations out there. And as long as it's not something just ridiculous that just doesn't work anyways, they all look pretty good. Makes sense. Yeah. 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 I would love to hear that conversation on specifically the primary Space Marine right knee. I know that's very specific, but... There are a set of primary Space Marines where there's a knee pad and there's that little kind of floppy thing jutted up over the top of it that you can edge highlight each oh, yeah. corner of and put a highlight in the middle. And it's like it is it is perfectly made for that, like just wide enough to look realistic with the armor, but also be something that is a feature that you are supposed to edge highlight every
1: piece of somebody had to have a conversation too Uh, yeah i know exactly what you're talking about but they probably do but yeah yeah um yeah for the older space marines the kneecaps a lot of them were just a kneecap was was a round shape in the middle of the leg you know um but yeah those primaris they do have almost like the the grieve goes above the knee sort of thing yeah yeah. And so there's there's that raised bit right right around the knee that is very much a spot to put an edge highlight and it sticks away from the model enough that it is very easy to put an edge highlight on it and yeah yeah i think that's one of those very obvious features that had to be designed on purpose that way mm-hmm. Or or maybe they were doing some concept work and they had like four or five different ideas and this one was like, yes, we're definitely going with this because look at what you can do with this. Like yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'd love to hear conversations like that on, on all kinds of other minis, but they don't tell us anything. We have to guess and make assumptions.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Draw our own. Like they're they're
0: luckily opening up a lot more about that type of stuff. Um because <laughs> they have uh they have the, the age of Sigmar and 40 K podcasts, like directly from games workshop, you know, and they'll, they'll pull in sculptors and painters and they talk about the process and all of these different things. So a lot of information is coming out there. Um, hmm.
1: I haven't Maybe heard I anything
0: specifically. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, there's some good ones on sculpting talking about some of the, the old stuff, like the history of games workshop hmm. that are very fascinating. um, but yeah, yeah, I haven't caught up in a while, but uh, who knows? Maybe that, that knee pad conversation's happened and we're just rehashing old stuff. <laughs> uh, let
1: us know in the comments below. Yeah. Uh, I think that's like all we had for today,
0: right, Casey? I think so. I do. Okay.
1: It's getting late. Yeah. Do what you got to do then.
0: All right. Well, on that note. Thank you again for joining us on another episode of Paint Bravely. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes, subscribing to the YouTube channel, and sharing this message with your hobby friends. And as always, we appreciate each and every one of you for listening. And we will talk to you next time. Talk to you next time.